Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, January 29th. S&P futures are trading up four to five points, four to five points. That is about 15 basis points. Uh, Europe's major indices are up about 25 to 30 basis points. Europe, I'm sorry, Asia finished mixed overnight. So Hong Kong reopened today after being closed Monday and Tuesday for the holiday. The Hang Seng fell 2.8%, not surprising as it had some catch up to do. The other Asian indices that have been open for the last few days saw gains. So Japan, Australia, Korea, et cetera, mainland China and Taiwan um, remain closed for the holidays. Um, so as far as major incremental macro news, there's not really a ton to mention. Um, none of the none of the eco data out was really all that monumental, especially for U.S. equities. There were no real fresh uh, coronavirus headlines. You know, the narrative around that subject has not really shifted in the last 24 hours. You have more reports of various work stoppages, of more travel restrictions being announced, being put in place. Um, but you also had some, you know, I would say somewhat encouraging news. Um, you know, Foxconn, which is a major Apple manufacturing partner, came out overnight and said that they have uh, various contingency plans in place and they plan on meeting all of their obligations. Um, so you haven't necessarily heard reports of huge supply chain disruptions, although obviously the longer this stays in place, the worse it's going to be. Um, you know, a few articles talking about some of the science around this coronavirus versus priors. This one has a much lower mortality rate so far, um, but it also appears to be spreading at a more rapid pace. Um, so like I said, nothing, I think that's really kind of altering the narrative on that front. Um, there were a bunch of earnings out of the U S last night and then Europe this morning. I would say that on balance, the big major macro companies were all positive. So, um, you know, Apple, Apple was a legitimate blowout. LVMH, um, qualifies as probably better than feared a little bit below the street print estimates, but, um, you know, given some of the headwinds that they're facing in various markets, it was probably a victory. Uh, Novartis, Santander, even Starbucks was was very strong. Um, Apple and Starbucks both acknowledged the coronavirus impact, but both of them suggested that it was more preventing them from raising guidance versus forcing them to lower guidance. So, um, you know, Apple's guidance range was wider than normal for the March quarter. Um, and they said that that was a function of the coronavirus uncertainty, but even the low end of that range was above the street and the, the, the upper end of that range was well above the street. Um, you know, Starbucks, I think is going to feel the coronavirus more acutely. They've closed about half of their stores in China. Um, and China is about 10% of total sales for that company. So I guess Starbucks, um, hedges themselves a little bit more on the call to talking about how, you know, they, they could be forced to lower guidance if, to, if those stores are, um, are forced to stay closed for much longer. But again, their December quarter results were very strong. Um, and they suggested that if not for the coronavirus, they'd be raising guidance. Um, Santander is a big highlight in Europe today. Um, you know, obviously huge Spanish bank, solid results. That is um, sparking mild outperformance in Eurozone banks. And I would say the big downside report in Europe um, was KPM, which is driving underperformance in Eurozone telecoms. The main downside report of the U.S. last night was probably Xilinx, which had very poor guidance for the March quarter. Um, and their tone, their qualitative tone out of management was also um, unusually gloomy compared to some of the others that we've heard, just talking about how they've seen delay, they're seeing delays in 5G, they're seeing delays in other, in other wireline areas of telecom. Um, so a little incongruous with what some others in the tech supply chain have been talking about. We'll have to see if others got to confirm what Xilinx say or, um, or kind of stays an outlier. Um, so those are the major earnings reports. That's really kind of it as far as summarizing um, all the big news. You have a, a few political developments. Um, I don't necessarily think, you know, as far as the impeachment trial is concerned, it looks like it may last a little bit longer than expected. There, can, there, there will be a vote Friday whether or not um, to call witnesses. 
as of last night, the votes exist to call witnesses. So obviously, you know, John Bolton is the big name that um, Democrats are trying to have appear. Um, unclear if that where that vote will fall. Um, but again, Trump is very much heading for acquittal. And it actually sounds like he may get some Democrat senators to vote for his acquittal um, while you have, you know, per- perfect Republican unity. So um, the acquittal is not in doubt. It's just a question of when this thing wraps up. If there are no witnesses called, you could see a final vote probably as soon as Friday or perhaps this weekend. Um, uh, as far as the Democratic primary race is concerned, obviously, Iowa comes up Monday, kicks things off. Um, you know, I think people are of mixed minds. And I wrote about this yesterday. I sent around a big piece on it. Um, the link is in uh, the Vital Dawn this morning. It's also on the website. Just talking about how, you know, how would the markets react to a Bernie blowout victory in Iowa? Um, I feel that the initial knee-jerk reaction may actually be positive just because um, people widely assume, and I think that this is a very accurate assumption, that Bernie would get destroyed by Trump in the general election. Um However, I also think that if Bernie does become the nominee, his odds of becoming president are not going to be zero. And there likely will be polls over the spring and the summer that will show a very close race and probably going to unnerve markets. So if it is going to be a Bernie versus Trump um, contest, you know, I think it's going to be a very long um, spring, summer and fall of headlines and polls that um, almost will kind of look like the whole uh, trade drama over the last several months where there'll be various headlines throughout the day about one poll saying X, one poll saying Y. Um, you know, even if you go back to the blowout victories of 72 and 84, um, it was not apparent based on the polling into those races that Nixon and Reagan respectively um, would have such sweeping victories. So um, that's kind of my views on on where things stand on, on the primary uh, the Fed today, I also have a preview out on that, which I which I emailed around, um, and it's also the link to it in the Vital Dawn. Um, you know, I think, as I've been saying for a while, I think the big area of focus is going to be the press conference at 2.30 and just the language that Powell uses around the balance sheet. Um, you know, I think since the Fed is so emphatic about how the balance sheet, this the repo-driven balance sheet expansion is not part of monetary policy, I don't think that they will acknowledge it in the statement, given that the statement is exclusively supposed to focus on monetary policy. Um, he may not even put it in his prepared comments, again, because the press conference is supposed to be exclusively focused on monetary policy. So um, it will be very interesting to see kind of how it's brought up during the press conference, if it's um, in response to a question or if he actually incorporates it into his um, comments. But you know, I think just questions around how much longer will the repo actions take place? Where does the Fed see the balance sheet peaking out? Um, is the Fed beginning to contemplate exit strategies for these repo actions, you know, could there be kind of another quote unquote taper tantrum type reaction? So I think the press conference at 2.30 is going to be the more interesting part. The 2 p.m. statement should not have any major revisions from last time, um, aside from perhaps a few tiny changes um, that they may incorporate just to kind of maybe acknowledge the coronavirus risks. Um, But again, at 2.30, the press conference will be the big one. on the earnings front today, you have a lot of big names. Um, so we're kind of now into the peak of the U.S. season. So today and tomorrow are going to be the peak volume days. Um, I would say the big ones this morning to watch are um, AT&T, Boeing, and GE all this morning. I have previews out on Boeing and GE. Um, the big ones tonight are going to be Facebook and Microsoft. I also have previews on those two. Um, intraday, so Goldman is going to be holding their first ever analyst meeting. That starts at 8 a.m. Um, I don't know if this is going to be really terribly critical or important. They're, they're going to give some long-term return uh, metrics out. They're going to provide more color and clarity around their cold Marcus Consumer Initiative. 
Um, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I think it's an area of interest because it's the first time they're ever holding a meeting. They're becoming more transparent with the street. Um, but I don't know if it's going to necessarily be a huge mover on the stock. Trump has a USMCA signing ceremony at 11 a.m. Um, this should be relatively uneventful, too, as far as stocks are concerned. Um, and then just finally, the Democrats are going to be unveiling today a five-year, $760 billion infrastructure spending plan. Um, I don't think anyone anticipates anything happening on this front. Obviously, before the election, this is kind of more of a campaign talking point, although this is one area where Trump and the Democrats um, you know, have spoken uh, consistently in the past. So this, this potentially could be an area where um, you, know, you may see Trump make a comment about how he's open to infrastructure, he's open to an infrastructure deal. Um, but I think a, an actual um, law getting passed is very, very unlikely. So that is it for today. Um, and just quickly on the market, you know, I, 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 the market does seem to be um, very eager to at least see if it can touch 20 times. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually doubt that that does happen, even though I, I don't necessarily think it's appropriate. However, I do think before it goes to you know, over 19 again, I think it will probably go back to 18 times. Um, which again is not really terribly far below where we are right now, um, but you know I think if we were to go there, it would definitely feel worse than it actually is. So um, that's kind of everything for today. Uh, like I said, I, I sent around a lot of content, and I have links to kind of all the um, all those other pieces I mentioned on the website. Thank you everyone for listening.